It's Audio Hijack is one of these weird apps, I feel, where I'm super grateful for Audio Hijack to basically power all the podcasts in the world, uh, including o- Oprah's. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> right. uh, but um, it's kind of this weird piece of software where I feel like I'm using 1% of the complexity that this app yeah. has to offer. There's this whole like drag and drop structure and all these things plugins and tools and things and uh yeah i literally just wanted to record the output of chrome like that's that's literally the only thing i use it for i feel like i don't know well love the people try editing a podcast in logic to feel like you're using see like one percent of there's all these like areas where i feel like surely there like someone at some point's got to make a better app for this like that's just like tailor made they are for the purpose And they are. I think all of the new... Like, podcast has always been a niche, kind of, still. Although, even when it didn't feel like it, I think it, was, it still was. <laughs> Especially I mean, editing of, like, voice feels like it's a thing. And it's different enough from editing music that... Right. Like, But, like, what's what was the market? Like, and how, how many people were doing podcasts professionally right. that they were willing to pay for? It, whatever. But that, that has changed. Like, there's a lot of new podcast-oriented tools, software. But the thing is, they all not all but most of them is like a web-based tool in where so you don't have to deal with any of this recording locally and sending files and whatever we definitely still do it like old school <laughs> definitely <laughs> uh and you know ferrite for ipad where i edit most of you know most episodes that's a podcast tailor-made app editing app right yeah um because yeah because it, it's so close that it Editing audio for a podcast is so close to editing audio for something else that if you're building a tool to do that, you it would be kind of silly not to also try to capture some of that other market. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like even, um, you know, editing video seems like another one of these where there's lots of like big complex tools. But <laughs> the other day I was... Uh, I've been having this problem on my computer, actually, which I think ties into something we're going to talk about. But um, I have 500 gigabytes of SSD storage in my computer, and okay. I'm really running against the limit. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I keep getting the notification of, like, your storage is full. Um, oh, no. And it certainly doesn't help that I currently have, like, a 50 gigabyte uh, partition. But, uh, mm-hmm. but anyways, um, I, so I was cleaning up my computer and it was like hey you have like two gigabytes in um iMovie <laughs> and it's like okay i don't even remember the last time i used iMovie which was years and years ago and it's like i open iMovie and iMovie has this whole like project management mm-hmm. and these like there are projects that live inside of iMovie and all this thing it gets just so <laughs> It's just so complicated for for nothing. Like I, I really just wish there was an app I can drag some audio, uh, some some video files and and audio files into it, and it's just like one thing. Like that I don't have like a whole like we're gonna manage all the video you've ever recorded and try to load this into a library and like make mm-hmm. this whole complicated thing. And then you want to do something really simple in iMovie, and it's like oh no, sorry, can't do that. You know, I haven't used iMovie recently, so I don't yeah. know what those examples are. But I remember last time I did... Oh, I think I wanted to edit a video that was not in a, like, 
traditional widescreen aspect ratio. And it's like, mm. no, iMovie can't, it doesn't do that. <laughs> right? mm. It's just like simple features it's missing. And then it has a, these whole like areas of complexity that you're like, I really just like don't want to use that. <laughs> so I've been using LumaFusion for any vid- video editing on the iPad. It's been great. Uh, but uh, yeah. I think when it comes to video, we, we do have more options than, than audio to you know edit video and i feel like the spread has always been kind of nice i feel like you know you had something like i don't know quick time super simple trimming or something and then you had iMovie right in the middle and then you had final cut mm-hmm. and those three kind of like covered the whole spectrum now in my opinion the issue is that apple never really embraced how people are using video um nowadays so all of these three tools in a lot of you know similar tools, they were they were allowing you to 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 make video like movies, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the sixteen by nine, like family movies. And the thing was like with iPhones and you know smartphones in general, and especially with vines and stuff. Since then, the way you capture and you po- you post videos has been it's so different than the traditional like home movie. And Apple never really like. <laughs> catered to that audience and into that use case um so that's why like you know last week two weeks ago whatever we mentioned eclipse was updated to support portrait uh, like aspect ratios and stuff like wow now only now you're, you're like <laughs> yeah. acknowledging that that's a by thing. the time it launched it was already you know it had, yeah. had already been like months if not years years we were yeah. doing stories <laughs> And I think something similar happens in the way Apple, like on the Mac, uh, handles projects and files and all of that. Like, yeah, you mean, you know, iMovie is, is messy. Logic, too. Don't get me started on Final Cut Pro <laughs> like libraries. And fi- it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just trying to edit, like, slice a couple of videos uh, and I'll put something together for like a one-minute minute video. Uh, and, and I have somehow this, like, five gigs of, of like yeah. files of stuff and i have no idea how to manage that and what, what can i delete what, what can i not i have to say that for any uh, one, one of the best video editing tools in capturing i guess uh on a mac in my opinion is uh, screenflow hmm. something i've been using for years uh so that's the thing i was using Fuck, wait. Zoe. <laughs> keep that in please <laughs> my cat she keeps <laughs> eating my plants <sighs> anyway uh what was this <laughs> oh uh screen flow right so that's the thing i started using when i when i was editing uh sketchcasts those like tutorial wow. screencast thing yeah uh and then i used i was using that for for capturing and then i used some logic for some editing but like i all i've been using that for years so i'm trying to say and it did like keep up with times <laughs> hmm. um so the it's not the prettiest app, um, but in terms of just features, uh, w- w- what it allows you to do is is awesome. Like even capturing stuff from like uh, capturing a video from your iPad when it's plugged you know, in your phone, and then if you want to like highlight a couple apps or like do a little like cursor callouts, like this is where I'm pointing, mm. or like I don't know, annotating your video, uh, just basic transitions. It works really well. Um, anywho, something to to look into if you're, I guess, frustrated with the <laughs> with the options. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to I was going to like do a a hard turn towards um the new Macs that were announced, but uh, I think we've got some other stuff to talk about before. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you you have that 50 gig partition cuz you installed Big Sur. Yeah. Right? So Big Sur is coming out at the time of recording tomorrow, right? Right. So first of all, I don't know how in, in the hell I have my like whole disk is basically full. It's just there's so much stuff I have on my computer, but I also feel like I have nothing. <laughs> like all my Dropbox stuff is all unchecked, like it's all technically in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um but it's weird like some stuff Dropbox says, no, 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 it's in the cloud. And then if I look on my Mac, the Mac says, no, 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 it's on your Mac. And who knows where it is? It's kind of like in between, I guess. There's, I have a whole bunch of stuff in like just other, right? Like where it like <laughs> doesn't know. So I've been using, trying um, clean my Mac. Yeah. And also it's crazy. Like I don't like running these this kind of software because I always feel like I've shouldn't need like it feels like antivirus software right right (laughs) um and i think they do have an antivirus like part um but uh if if you're you don't have clean my mac like what are you doing honestly (laughs) at least for me using it it's insane how much stuff is just on your your computer xcode was taking like an insane amount of storage like insane like I forget how much it was, but I think it was close to fifty gigs. <laughs> it was just like yeah, it was just Xcode, and it's just what? How is that possible? And it's like, oh yeah, Xcode has downloaded like the s- simulator for every point release since mm. for the last like ten years for like the twenty devices that are in the <laughs> list. And it's just <laughs> what? How is that possible? Like mm-hmm. that's just there's a lot of stuff where I feel like the the storage management i think ever like it was bad on ios and it's bad on the mac yeah if this is not something that you do some maintenance you know regular maintenance it can get out out of hand real quick and especially if you're just like well i never looked at how much like crap xcode was was taking up and i don't know i guess i have been using the same basic like os 10 install since i don't know since leopard or whatever oh like years been years <laughs> wait but you've changed that, that happens since. and i feel like it, it gets to a point where if you're fighting the system like it keeps sending you the alert saying yeah you're running out of space and you just keep okay yep. i deleted this one simulator i get four gigs back and you stop annoying me now and like two days later like you're back at the same same place <laughs> i feel like once you're there it's really hard to get out of that hole <laughs> um sometimes i'm like you know what screw it I'm gonna nuke this partition. Start from from you know clean install. Um, I I don't know. I'm trying to think like when was the last time I did a, a start from a clean install? I think during the four years in Netlify, I think I had like two laptops, or three laptops maybe. And so I've done I've done. I'm sure that at least at some point one of those laptops I decided to you know, start from scratch, which feels good in a way. It's mm-hmm. like it's just a good opportunity to like rethink some of the software that you have like do i need four video editing tools do i need these three calculator apps do i need (laughs) you know all the to-do apps um i do now but (laughs) yeah so uh, (laughs) uh have you have you considered maybe starting from scratch 
Yeah, I so I'm a huge fan of starting from scratch. Every new computer I get, I always start from scratch. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever migrated anything. Um, I love that lifestyle. <laughs> it's it's like a starting fresh from start. scratch lifestyle. Yes, because I don't know, just stuff accumulates, and mm. honestly, most of the time, like the it's it's very rare that you need like the old stuff, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. Like I, I'm as we speak now, I'm like I have my Dropbox. Pretty much all of the stuff on the Dropbox is supposed to be this offline mode where it's not locally stored on right. my computer. You have a smart sync enabled or whatever. They yeah, call it. I use Google. I use Google Drive for almost everything. You know, like the documents and stuff like that. We use Figma. I use Sketch on a bunch of things. Um, I have you know things, and I have a handful of. Um, you know, websites like the layout website and stuff like that. But it's really minimal, like the stuff that I have on my computer. Mm-hmm. How is that filling up 500 gigs? I have no clue. All my pictures are supposed to be in the cloud. I never even open the Photos app <laughs> on this Mac. But have you run Have you run that Clean My Mac thing to see, you know, do yeah, a scan and it's see? Yeah, there's just lots of little <laughs> things. But I, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like I need any of it. Okay. Um, fair enough so yeah I want to do that but now it's like okay what is the, the the right set of operations for me to get in that state because right now I have a, a separate partition where I have installed the mixer beta I've been using that honestly in that like we were saying that partition has nothing on it it has three apps and I've been able to work from this partition for like the past what two weeks um without any problem really um Mm -hmm. so i kind of want to just go with that but so i'm guessing i'll have to do some form of backup of this computer but then (laughs) where do i back all this up if i have to have uh 500 gigs i think i have a a small ssd but i think it's 500 gigs so probably maybe i need to purchase like a one terabyte ssd so I can do a full backup of this computer. Then do mm-hmm. I restore, then update? Or do I update first, then restore? <laughs> okay, there's a lot to unpack here. And by the way, listeners, disclaimer. Kevin Clark is a person who does not make any backups of his computer. So just, you know, <laughs> this is what we're dealing with right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, I, but I feel like it fits in with the philosophy. I feel like all the stuff I have is already in the cloud somehow. It's either in GitHub or it's in Dropbox or it's in wherever. Uh, okay. Then, then the, the, here's the thing I'm not... But I'm not sure I'm willing to test my strategy. <laughs> here's the thing I don't understand really. Why would you, like, why would you restore from anything if you're doing a clean install? Isn't that like, maybe we're talking about different things. I'm not saying like reinstalling the OS and then moving all the stuff like migration assistance or whatever and moving all the stuff back i'm saying like actually starting from scratch as in like it's like a brand new install new computer there's nothing and you just go and install the apps as you need right but right. how do i get to that point so you mean like literally just erase everything and just start over yeah yeah but you're assuming that my system is perfect <laughs> and that there will be nothing that i forgot that is not being synced right yeah. 
<laughs> no, that is that is that is terrible. Okay, idea. That is then terrible then idea. sure, I would say I, I am reckless, but not that reckless. Okay, <laughs> so if I were you, this is what I would do: I would get like a one terabyte minimum, but probably you should like get a two terabyte external SSD. Uh, I got one not that long ago, as we mentioned, and it's 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 not that expensive. Uh, you know, today you can get one for you know it's it's accessible. Um, do a time machine backup to that drive. And then erase everything. But here's what you're going to do now. After you get like a fresh install in quote unquote a new computer. Do you wait? If, do you do Time Machine or do you do what's the other app? Is it Carbon Copy or something like that? Where it's like a bootable. Yeah. Version? Yeah. No, I don't do that. I just do Time Machine. And I have a restored from a Time Machine backup. Uh, I did that recently. Um, but. But but as soon as you have like a time machine backup, and I think that's enough for you, um, I'm not going to even mention like backplays or whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but as soon as you have a time machine backup, you're going to start from scratch, new part, new computer, new install, and then like only if you need certain files, you can go back in time machine and like go get them. But I would recommend you have a time machine backup of then your existing computer so i would say give yourself like a grace period let's say okay i'm gonna mm-hmm. give myself like a month or two to know if i'm if i need some files or whatever and then after that point like that stuff is out the window just erase the like use the the external disk as your new time machine for for this new install does that make sense mm-hmm. right i don't know i feel like i've i don't know like i every everything like you said everything is either on uh iCloud Drive, like I'm 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 off Dropbox and I never used Google Drive. And by the way, I think moving away from Dropbox helped a lot with disk space, I think. Yeah. Cause that smart sync is only you know, it's not that smart. <laughs> uh so so I did that. Uh, I just have either stuff is on iCloud Drive or they're on GitHub or or like that's that's it really like the only things that i really need that are not synced or backed up to anything are my apps and my apps is like most of the data is on icloud drive or whatever uh but if it's not then i just need to download the apps and usually it's easier to download the apps again Mm -hmm. but yeah but i mean i'm saying all this but i do have at any given time like three backups of my three backups (laughs) of my computer so (laughs) i don't know yeah, so I'll I guess I'll update everyone <laughs> how that all goes. <laughs> Not looking forward mm-hmm. to it. What I might end up doing is just, uh, you know, remove the partition and then update to Big Sur and mm-hmm. kind of po- postpone the decision of like what to do with all this mess. Um, you, but yeah, the desire question. to run without Dropbox is, is very strong. Do you plan, and maybe this is a good segue into our topic, but do you have any plans to get a new Mac anytime soon? Do I plan on getting a new Mac? Yes. Anytime soon, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so so this computer like, is past its time. Like, it's honestly, the keyboard is, is like, it's totally broken at this point. Um <laughs> the um bluetooth keeps shutting off and it seems to be occurring more and more frequently which means that oftentimes in the middle of like a hangout everything will kind of like shut off like i won't hear anything but it's it's a weird like bluetooth is is shut off because the computer doesn't realize it 
And so the computer still thinks Bluetooth is working, but none of the Bluetooth peripherals are working. Like the mouse doesn't work, the keyboard doesn't work, nothing works for mm-hmm. like I like usually like up to five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it takes a while like before it like comes back. So I have to go in hangouts and like change the source and I I think at that point the computer is in sort of a weird state where everything is slow. It, like it's just and and that happens even on the big server partition. Um I I just think that computer is just just done. Like <laughs> uh I have no more trust and confidence into this this computer. Um my display is also I would say it's still I mean, I'm tolerating it, but I'm looking for the first opportunity I get to replace it because it has extreme ghosting situation. Um, And in the new, I just realized in the new partition in Big Sur, I didn't do the thing where like the dock automatically hides. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so even when I rebooted, I still had a dock (laughs) visible from the Big Sur (laughs) install. Oh no. Uh, it took a while that before That scares me because I have the same monitor, but I don't have that problem. Yeah, yet. I mean, uh, these LG displays are just, there's so many lemons. Uh, so maybe I just got a yeah. lemon. I don't know. But uh, so my I feel like my whole setup is up for <laughs> renewal. Um, now, I don't know. I like. Do you want to talk about the event? Do you want to talk about the Max? And then we can talk maybe about we why can, I'm yeah. not getting uh, anything. Like, I, I, would, I would still recommend you just clean that Mac, like reboot it completely. Maybe do the yeah. PRAM reset, whatever. <laughs> but like, just <laughs> start from scratch. That you know, I don't know. I feel like it, it can only. Yeah, help. that never hurts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's talk about the event. Uh, we saw a new Apple Silicon Max, like to surprise everyone. Uh, the chip is called the M1, so I guess they're going with the M line for Macs. I don't know if M stands for Mac, but they had the M something like for right? the they motion like processor. M- Motion, yeah. So I guess like, uh, never mind. Forget that. <laughs> a bit of hand waving. <laughs> These are not the chips you're looking for. Um, <laughs> so now we have M1, and uh, they they've they've updated their like the weakest Macs, like the you know the the, the entry level Macs in terms of performance. So it's a MacBook Air, the 13 inch MacBook Pro, and a Mac Mini, and I think it's all of the existing Macs that don't have discrete GPUs. So that might something be related to that. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> I was pretty disappointed with the event. Uh, so a day later, I think I'm, I'm readjusting, recalibrating expectations. Like, you know what? No, it was actually a pretty cool announcement. And these are cool Macs. But I guess I was just too hyped. Like, I was just hoping for so much more. Uh, I was hoping, like, th- these Macs is going to be, like, so much... You know how sometimes you see these benchmarks and saying, oh, your iPhone 12, it's faster than the Mac Pro. You know, I was like <laughs> hoping for something like that. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the keynote didn't give me any of that. Um, and, and I still need like some type of storytelling here. Like, come on. I need yeah. to, I need to connect with the message. I need to see myself using these computers. And how that make you know how how is that different from using my current computer? And I guess they're in a tricky spot in where they don't want to say that these Macs are like any faster than the existing Macs in the lineup, right? 
Um, but why not? Like we keep going back to this, <laughs> this thing for for literally every single product that they have. <laughs> mm-hmm. It feels like there's a lack of confidence in whichever team markets these these products, because it's like it's fine. You can, like you can say that the new machine is faster than the old one, and you can say like you can say that the current 16 inch is still faster than your entry level MacBook Air. That's okay. Like you need to have the confidence that your um your you know consumers are going to be smart enough to understand it. And it's all about how you pitch it. Right? Like it, I, like they don't want to say, "Oh, the existing 16 inch is faster than the you know, than the than the this new MacBook Air that that we're introducing." But you could also pitch it in a way that like this new MacBook Air is is almost as fast as our 16 in uh, as our like super powerful 16 inch right and then you make it sound like it's impressive how close this new macbook air can get to that existing intel with like you know more you know graphics and stuff like that (laughs) i'm so bad with the technical terms (laughs) like i just i just don't feel like they're talking to me like i'm like they're not connecting because I, like, as soon as they say that, like, one, they can't say this MacBook Air is faster than the 16-inch, like, MacBook Pro that we sell for three times the price at certain tasks. Because then people are going to, some some sort of customers will buy this instead of a more expensive machine and Apple will make more Yeah, and money. they should. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think they should. <laughs> I don't think this they should rely business. on this. <laughs> I don't can't think- say that. But I don't think they should rely on their customers being dumb. Honestly, like, if you rely on your customers being dumb for you to make more money, then you don't deserve that money. Like, and you don't deserve these customers. No, it's not being dumb. It's, it's the type of, it's the messaging you're, you're, you're communicating. And if you're saying that this cheaper laptop is better than our, the most expensive ones, even if you say it's certain things, even if it's just say, like, just add, I don't know, just that encoding video or just that battery life, which is like is a given, like, of course, because uh, I guess it's not as powerful, right? Uh, maybe you'll have better have better battery life. Uh, but if, even if you have one slide saying it's better than this more expensive, some sort of customers in where that is the thing that actually you care the most, um, you're going to leave some money on the table, right? But like, that's oh, what they well. should do. Like, they should recommend you get the best <laughs> Mac for what you want. Like they should I try to give you the like, best experience possible, and if it's that means you're going to end up spending less money, then so be it. Like <laughs> this. Feels, okay, Kevin. I d- it, it seems it seems to me like you know if we push this to the extreme, it's like well we won't write the size of the iPhone Mini because we don't want someone who cares about size to buy the cheapest iPhone, and it's just like well come on, like it just I just feel like they should be more transparent, more honest with the with their customers about what like where this falls exactly. Like and I maybe had the opposite of you where during the event I got excited cuz it's like showing like three times better, like 10 like you know, six times or like impressive mm-hmm. numbers. But then you're like, "But wait a minute. You're comparing to what exactly?" Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, it was never clear. Never the, the clear. Best-selling PC chip or whatever. Or like 98% of something. Like, it's just... 
so hard to understand what do you actually mean here? Like, there's no yeah. nobody can disprove what you're saying because, like, you're not really saying anything that anyone can verify. Like, I just think maybe this, that's like a defense mechanism, you know? <laughs> it's just bad. Uh, like, I just and it it goes back to. I think there it's like the different ways of doing these events and like you should get out in front of what people want to know about your machine. Like we shouldn't have to rely on like Geekbench numbers and all these things to figure out mm-hmm. like, okay, so should I be getting this machine? Right? Like Apple could have said said like, hey, this like this machine is so much better than your current machine that you're using and I would have been maybe on the fence to upgrade. But now I'm like, hey, I have no idea if this is actually any faster or better than what I'm doing right now. They showed a lot of impressive numbers, but compared to what exactly and how? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just don't think they had a good story to tell. Or, like, I, I didn't feel like I left this event smarter than, than I entered it. <laughs> like, if anything, the event made me feel dumb. <laughs> like I have no idea what they're talking about half the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just didn't think that was a good event. Even if again, yeah. all of this thing, like people will always like say, "Oh, then we'll send me articles." Like, look at how great these machines are. I'm not talking about the machines. I'm talking about the event itself. Like, I like these machines. By all means, look great. Like, I'm excited for to get a M whatever chip in my computer. And I think the gains are going to be significant. The I, I, the person who who's explained it the best, probably I think in all the the videos that I watched about it was um, MKBHD, where he talked about mm. okay, if you're going to go and change the architecture, generally like you kind of have two choices: you can optimize for uh, power efficiency, which means more battery life, or you can mm-hmm. optimize for well, for lack of a better word, like raw, like power and speed. And it seems like with these new machines, Apple is achieving both, which is really impressive. Right. Um, And they're showing like anything that is like 2x improvement is great. Like that's awesome. Like that's no no doubt. You you rarely see those kinds of numbers, right? But it's just, the way that they presented these things just left a lot of questions in the air where it didn't have to be. Like, it seems like by all means, this is a great product, <laughs> but they should foresee the kind of questions that people will have, right? Like uh, yeah. people are asking like, oh, the MacBook Air doesn't have any fans. Like, but you know, who knows how it's like, you know, when it's going to get, how much is going to get throttled and is it going to get really hot? Like they should say, Oh, a computer without any fans. Like, you'd expect this to become hot. But here's why this computer doesn't really get hot, right? Like, just anticipate the the kind of questions that people, that the audience is thinking in their head. So, yeah. I agree. I think it was very and underwhelming. The source of my disappointment, I think, <laughs> was, like, yeah, I knew, we, we kind of knew what to expect from an Apple Silicon, you know, chip. We knew because because we've been because we we we've been seeing them in iPads and iPhones for years, and Apple has been really good at designing and building these chips. And but here's the thing: like all of the chips that they've been doing so far has been, have been severely constrained with battery life. 
in energy consumption, right? They're all in, in phones, in iPads, and in watches, and where battery life is like probably takes like the primary spot in terms of priorities. Like no matter mm-hmm. how fast you can make it, like you can't, you know, draw this much power or whatever. So when we heard about putting this in Macs, I'm like, oh my God, what can they do in where, even on laptops, like, okay, you but you have way more battery available to you. And if you do it on a desktop and where the battery life is not an issue, then, oh my God, how far can you push this, right? If all mm-hmm. of a sudden that number one constraint in your, you know, uh, when you were designing and building these things, if that's not not an issue anymore, like how far can you push this? So I was already like trying to imagine what these new computers with this chip would allow the computers to be. Even like form factor, right? Like like having no fans. Uh, we know that that's something that you can get away with with these chips because, uh, again, iPads, iPhones. Uh, so all of a sudden, if you're designing a laptop case in where f- a fan is not something you have to worry about, you know, oh, all of a sudden, what kind of creativity do you unlock with that? And I think that's why I was so hyped. And looking at this event, effectively, what we got is like this is the exact same laptop, <laughs> but with just with a different chip. And that's yeah. something we even talked about here. Like that, that could be a a strategy that Apple could take as like the first uh, pro- products with these chips. And that's exactly what they did on the Intel mm-hmm. uh, transition. It was pretty much this Mac. Like you, you would have no way of knowing that this had a different um, uh, chip in it. Right, mm-hmm. different architecture, like because it's the same, and I think that they did the same right now uh, this year. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, it has better, better battery life. It has way better performance. So it's like it's like you said, there's no compromise. It just got better in two opposite uh, fronts, right? <laughs> uh, it's, it's great, but I was expecting that other thing, mm-hmm. uh, like even just the fact like oh, I'm sure that they can probably make the iPad, the MacBook Air, as thin as like the previous 12 inch macbook or something mm-hmm. right like i'm sure you can do that um and when they were introducing these macs and we it was becoming apparent that oh, i guess you know there's really nothing else here is just the chip like come on just make the bezels smaller I, I don't know and this has nothing to do with chip architecture but it's like hey you're designing a new product um i don't know 10 years after you designed this this basic laptop enclosure mm-hmm. this shape this casing um do you want to do something new? And then when they announced the Mac Mini, I was like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> the first Mac that does not rely on battery power with this new chip. And like, turns out, no, it's the same actual, it's the same chip. And mm-hmm. you know, in terms of performance, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, we still have to wait until this, you know, reviewers get their hands on this and we can see actual comparisons with other real uh, products. So we can have, I think we'll, we'll learn more about how impressive this is or isn't but i was really expecting <laughs> to see some kind of other innovations al- uh, around mm-hmm. it and i guess we're gonna have to wait for an imac which is something we've been hearing like a redesign yeah. imac the, the rumors have been around for so long and so uh, i don't know that's, so, that's why i was a bit disappointed. i agree with you you know there's always a part of you that ex- that hopes that there's gonna be like something really flashy that it's mm-hmm. going to be new and fresh. Um, I do think it makes sense for them. So what I've heard is that the the rationale for using the same case designs is that it's a much more predictable environment if you're designing these brand new chips. Like right. the chips are a huge question mark, right? Like they're they're do like pushing everything they can, like doing their best on trying to get this chip to actually work. And so 
not having to worry about additional complications of the case design is very nice <laughs> when you're trying to roll out this this first major change to the Mac. And so it makes sense that they're sort of like targeting that. No, it's like a known quantity where they don't have to worry about the, the case design too much. Um, but then you see people have been uh, posting pictures of the last transition and they're sort of like, uh, here's the, the Intel transition and here's what the Macs look before and here's what the Macs look two years after the Intel transition mm-hmm. and it's like night and day, right? Um, and so there's probably, we're probably going to see something similar to that. I would expect it to be less of a difference because those Macs are like, what else is there to remove <laughs> basically? But um but I'm expecting some changes to happen in the coming years based on that, where they like actually take the time to optimize the outside design to fit the newer internals. So we just have to wait a little bit longer. It's kind of a bummer for us now, but I also kind of get it at the same time. Uh, no, yeah, I agree. And it's like, I, this is a spoiler for my, well, not spoilers, but... I'm going to recommend something. You know, the rec- my recommendation this week is something that looks back at some of the some Macs throughout history, and it's it's it was great to see that kind of innovation in the beginning. Uh, like we're all just even trying to redefine what a basic computer looks like. Like what is mm-hmm. that basic shape? And uh, innovations in the in the in technology have allowed for like rethinking what a computer was and and looked like 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 the go, going to flat screens right all of a sudden that unlocked a lot of new possibilities to how you can design a, a computer and i think laptops has there's not a lot of innovation like not innovation but maybe that's not fair but the, you know a laptop the first laptops ever in a laptop today you could point at both of these and say you know like an alien that hasn't knows nothing about <laughs> human and whatever what a computer is they could look at these two and say oh they're probably the same kind but if you were to take like a tower pc whatever and then like the 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 sunflower imac or whatever like very different right so i think i'm not expecting or or like i can't even i'm not expecting a complete rethink of what a laptop is especially not because all of a sudden these chips allow for different things like right it's not that type of technological breakthrough that unlocks that type of thing but there's a lot of low-hanging fruits um like if you were to say what would a totally redesigned laptop macbook look like and you would probably say way thinner bezels um uh, way thinner casing in general and uh like a better webcam so that we'll yep. probably need to you need to have some kind of innovation like like some of the other laptops we've seen where the lap the camera is at the bottom is in a keyboard has a little door that you know opens <laughs> up can we have a camera bump on like the outside of the lid i don't know there's like something but you would say that these are probably the things that you want also touch screen right mm-hmm. and probably some cellular connectivity in there as well i really want those rounded and corners <laughs> rounded corners of the screen <laughs> right so these are all things that if Apple came out with a with a laptop that had these, you were like, "Yep, cool." You know, I'm not shocked, uh, but like, "Yep, that sounds about right." So, and we got none of that, right? We got none of that. I think the last like real, real laptop, 
the you know industrial design uh, i don't know upgrade or whatever that got me excited was with the the first 12 inch macbook um and as that was a while ago so even these like 16 inch macbook pros or whatever like i feel like they've wasted all their brain power just trying to solve this keyboard mess and took them like five years that <laughs> they didn't get have time to address other things Anyway, I don't want this to be too ranty. But I did just, you see? I was, I was... Did you see though? Apparently, so what Apple has done is like they've upgraded essentially like all the entry level Macs, um, mm-hmm. but they are rumored to be like working and planning on like announcing slash launching the uh, a new sixteen inch and a new thirteen or fourteen inch MacBook Pro mm-hmm. in like Q two or Q three next year. Uh, and those are rumored to be have a redesign of the case outside. So seems like they're they're coming just yeah right now. I'm I'm no I'm not yeah <laughs> I, I know they're coming uh, and uh, again I'm I'm hoping on all these major redesigns. It was just that I was somehow hopeful that we would see yeah that see them in in these. But in, in you know looking back in hindsight, I feel like this probably is the safest best strategy in where hey we announced mm-hmm. a transition. We announced it, pre-announced that it would it would take us two years, um, but we want to get something like out the door already. Uh, have these chips out and about, like people using them. We can test them, we can learn, um, and you know, and uh, have that out while we while we work on the the other machines. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's also the rumor now. I hear 24 inch iMac. <laughs> I don't know. Like, hey, I actually wouldn't like 24 inch because currently have a 27 no but that's that has to be the smaller one you would think yeah (laughs) yeah like i I think it's it's sort of like take the current imac and then shrink the bezels and then there you go 24 like 21 inch becomes 24 maybe and i'm expecting like i forget the current dimensions of the pro xdr but the current imac size to be roughly pro display shaped i I thought it was uh, so funny uh, in all the product shots to have iMac oh to have Mac Minis paired with XDR displays. Yeah, you, it was like, yeah, here, Apple, here you are. So far, you've been able to get away with the XDR because every time you had to promote it in any marketing material, you would pair it with the Mac Pro, which mm-hmm. is also so expensive. So it was clearly like a high-end professional, like you know, market. But now here you here here you are, Apple, trying to <laughs> trying to sell this Mac Mini. Uh, it's the cheapest Mac, right? It's like even cheaper than a MacBook Air. It's the cheapest Mac you have. It's you cheaper than the stand for the display. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have a display. How are you going to ma- market it? How are you going to promote it? Uh, it's so yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like <laughs> this this display is like ten times the co- <laughs> the cost of the computer that runs it. <laughs> crazy uh, and they also show like it's like i get it but they they show like this teenager like i don't know doing his homework i guess on this like insane like you know seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars setup i don't it, it's one of the first times where as soon as i saw it i was just like this is so tone deaf like this just that doesn't make any <laughs> yeah. sense like, and you know and people have always had these complaints about apple they're overpriced and they're whatever out of touch but i but i feel like this really crossed the line in this event like just 
not making any sense anymore. So, but it highlights the hole in their in their lineup. Yeah, I, I yeah. That display Honestly, is sorely missing. As soon as they introduced the Mac Mini, I got well first excited to see how mind blowing fast it would be, and then as soon as I realized that, oh, I, that's not what I'm going to get, I thought, well, then they must announce a display. Like this is it, <laughs> like yeah. a, a cheaper external display. But no, and to be fair, just because. Just to, to save people uh, a tweet or something, on their on the Mac Mini uh, like marketing marketing page, uh, at the bottom you have like four four like use cases. Uh, so they have home office, gaming, music creation, or digital art and signage, whatever. So in the home office and gaming, they do pair it with what seems to be the LG display, but uh, interesting enough, they they've um, <laughs> they removed the LG logo. <laughs> the front of the display and the way i know this is just like promotional uh pictures like it doesn't need to be real but you wouldn't be able to have the mac mini on top of the stand like under the display like they have it here because it would be raised and it's not anyway just saying that like they do pair it with the lg although they remove the logo so um, yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know how lg feels about that i'm gonna be honest like if if the if the reviews come out and like this Mac Mini is significantly faster than my current 16-inch MacBook Pro, which mm-hmm. I'm not expecting that to be the case. Uh, but if that's if that happens, I uh, I would consider getting a Mac Mini, mm-hmm. to be honest, because it's not that expensive. It's way cheaper than my current MacBook, so not that expensive, and it would be a way to get into the whole ARM, you know, uh, Mac. Apple Silicon chips, and it would be a faster computer. And I already use my MacBook as a desktop, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is a good point. Yeah, I'd be curious to to see how this performs. But yeah, it could be a good mm-hmm. temporary computer, and just resell yeah. it whenever the other one comes out. Yeah, and, and I feel like Mac Minis the they're so versatile in a way, right? Like you, people use Mac Minis as just like a home server. People use Mac Minis as just a media center, you know. Like mm-hmm. you, it's in that price range that one could possibly see it as like a hobby computer, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, well, looking forward to see the reviews. So I think they ship next week, right? So I don't know when to expect these. Yeah, uh, the coolest part of the event when we saw Cable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know. We saw him like at the beginning, like for maybe like one second. I was like, "That's Cable!" Like, yeah. holy shit! And that's the only moment that connected to me with me on like an emotional level. <laughs> I think um, that segment was really great. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. and it, a stark comparison I felt with the rest of the event. <laughs> it was to me like that segment was absolutely perfect. Showed personality. Showed excitement. Had, was a great way to showcase developers like it it seemed like it was a great example of apple getting developers <laughs> and letting them like bring out their sort of weird side and letting sort of the developers in a way talk about this product again in a way that i thought was way more compelling than any of the apple presenters um it was just so cool to see that so really same about that segment I feel like this this event more than any recent event uh, from Apple, like they 
we're like talking to Mac nerds. Yeah. Right? Like, because I feel like now with COVID, you know, COVID times, they were able to break down their their events into like more focused events and focusing specific products. In this one, we knew it was going to be all about the Mac. So as soon as that's the whole thing, and like even like 10 minutes in, we're talking about, you know, processing like chip architecture like you you already lost a lot of your audience <laughs> at that point uh so bringing um featuring all of these classic mac developers like cable uh and also like the nod at the end with the pc guy like yes, that was so that good was great that was and amazing. like i wonder like a lot of people probably like they have no idea what that pc guy was <laughs> is uh so i think it, it was it was nice it was um you know, it was just for Apple fans, I think. Um, and yeah, cable. And, and I, it, even though I haven't seen him 4D, I don't know why, but that's like, yeah, cool. Because I, I would expect Adobe. Um, and cable, I would not expect, even though like I feel like it's it's they've deserved this, you know, totally. for so long. They're like the Apple developer like yeah. shop, you know. And it feels like, and it, hey, it's one of us, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's really not, I don't think it's about nova right uh like that 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 got them uh this feature it's more of like yeah who you are who all mm-hmm. the stuff you've been and how how big you are in in this community it was more of like yeah highlighting the community which was great yeah yeah no, that was cool really awesome. what else? um so yeah i mean i think that's basically it for that event so i'm in, totally in the market for a new computer I feel like the right computer for me was not announced <laughs> at this event. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to wait a little bit longer. Or if those reviews of the, the Mac mini, like you said, like you just implanted this idea in my brain now. Mm-hmm. That like if those reviews are good, maybe I just buy one of those and use that for a little while. If I were you, I would definitely get this Mac mini because you have a 13-inch MacBook Pro and it's, you know, it has couple of years in it so like for sure this mac mini is going to be faster than your current computer and you don't don't, like your current computer doesn't have a discrete gpu anyways Mm -hmm. so you know you're not going to lose anything there um the only so i would definitely get that the only question here then would be what do i do about the display (laughs) um Uh. i get that xdr baby no (laughs) see i I, and now i'm that person (laughs) (laughs) With like a what eight hundred dollar computer powering a, you know, yeah, thousand dollar monitor. I saw no. people on Twitter like uh, Peter Umbly from Sketch. Mm. Um, he was considering that setup, and then <laughs> um, and then uh, Sebastian DeWitt said that his partner in crime and uh, the Hallid partner in crime. I forget his name. I'm sorry, uh, but I know he's he was considering having the same setup. So you wouldn't be alone. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I think my advice uh, with when it comes to the Apple XDR display still stands, and so I'll just wait and deal with it. Because <laughs> it's not. I I don't feel like you can just turn around and resell that display whenever you feel like buying something <laughs> else, right? Like these you people are want not to. running. I'm not like running the down the streets. So yeah, I, yeah, it's. <laughs> For listeners, you probably know by now um, that has been a thing. Like Kevin has been my my rock. Um, <laughs> Kevin has been the person 
uh, keeping me from getting an XDR display. And it comes in waves, right? And I think with every new event in where Apple doesn't announce a display, my my urge, my desire to get an XDR, XDR just grows. <laughs> At this point, I want you to buy one so they release a new display. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so anyway, I don't, I don't know. Where but no, is. you should wait. Like, I don't want to have this ugly webcam that I have to put on my insanely expensive monitor. Can't you hide it? Like, how? It has magnets, right? Can't you just like have it attached, but like on the back of the monitor? And then when you're, like, Rafa, I'm up? spending literally all my days in meetings all day, every day. Like, it's just. It doesn't work. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping. And so. The real test for me, I think, is when and if they release that new iMac. Oh. I think... I'm getting one immediately. (laughs) So if they release a new iMac and they don't have a new display out, I might just buy the iMac. Oh, absolutely. And And by that time, like, you know, assuming that it's probably going to take a year. Um, Even if you get a Mac Mini in the meantime, like it's... I, I would say it's still worth it. And you can probably resell it. Uh, easily mm-hmm. or just you know give it a give it another use <laughs> give it a, oh yeah well i don't know i don't really think i have other, other uses for it but um yeah well all right can we just uh talk about big Sur a little bit yeah um, so it's coming you know by the time i know what you want to talk about and i have <laughs> actually carefully went back and rewound the the video to capture a screenshot uh-huh. of that exact moment <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so tell us um okay well no actually uh, i'm gonna throw you a curveball here and i'm gonna actually start with a different thing i want to say just a just a word of appreciation i think this big sir wallpaper you know the the colorful waves thing it's freaking incredible yes it's the best wallpaper in a long <laughs> can't time. say how big of a fan i am of this freaking <laughs> wallpaper i have it on all my devices like I, I strong recommend you use it. You set it as the wallpaper on your phone and iPad because it's way more vibrant hmm. than like the iOS fourteen ones. Um, it's it's great. I love all the promotional shots, especially if you pair it with like dark mode. Because I'm looking at this in the Mac Mini homepage, like with the darker background. This gradient, but not really a gradient, but like whatever. It's yeah. What what a win! Uh, home run for Apple. <laughs> Good job on this one. Yeah, and <laughs> as we were talking before. I felt like I didn't deserve the wallpaper until I upgraded to Big <laughs> yeah. Sur. And so yeah. I'm allowed that that wallpaper when I'm on the Big Sur partition, but here I don't have that uh, that yeah. wallpaper. So excited to back. have it all the time on all the well not all it's the partitions, incredible. but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh so cool. So let's talk about the probably the elephant in the room. Uh, I've tweeted today that like at some point during the event, uh Dave you could see a screenshot of the iWork suite of apps. So you could see Keynote pages and numbers. And Keynote was the on the foreground. So you could see for like a second um, the UI for Keynote. And we're big fans of Keynote. We've talked about it <laughs> a lot. Uh, it's one of the best apps ever, in my opinion. Love it. So we've been talking. Like We were really curious to see uh, how it would look in Big Sur. And so I think we've seen it. Now, um, it's an odd one. I don't know how to feel about this. It's a weird one. Uh, I don't think it's a great redesign. And again, I'm we're going to put links in the show notes. Uh, I want to say that I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm only 80% convinced that this will be the final design. I think that design might ship, but I don't think it will be the final design. Because <laughs> it feels like, yeah, it's, I think I even tweeted, it feels like it's a, they're halfway through the redesign. Like they didn't yeah. cover all, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So the the biggest thing is we know that in Big Sur there's a big push for like a redesigned toolbar. Uh, one of the big things about that toolbar is that usually you you lose color in all the iconography, uh, and you by default you lose the labels in the controls. Um, so if you've been seeing like teasers for Sketch for Big Sur or like some some. You've probably seen some redesigns for Big Sur. Probably that toolbar has no labels. Now, I wasn't aware, but um, actually, listener Trevor K uh, tweeted at me that, that there's this WWDC session going over the the, the toolbar, and so that it's it's called the um, expanded like toolbar style. And they Apple even says like for more busy, crowded toolbars, you can have mm-hmm. this style in where they do show labels. So. Cool. Okay, so it's not going against the Hig. The fact that Keynote has labels. Yeah, but the Hig is like <laughs> when you have to have. Oh, there's also this alternate style that's the happens to be the old style for more advanced apps. It's kind of like you're writing the Hig around the idea that you weren't able to make every app fit your new design style. Right. Yeah. Um, that that's true. But I'm just I'm just saying that it, yeah. it's not. Like it's there, right? Mm-hmm. They created this variant for the toolbar with yeah. this use case in mind. Yeah. But now looking at again, going back to the keynote screenshot, the way they incorporated the sidebar with that still existing centered, but not really centered, like misaligned, <laughs> but centered title bar at the top and the way the traffic lights are like not aligned with anything. <laughs> like this whole thing feels buggy. <laughs> it feels like it's probably not what you want to do. Um, yeah, which was, again, let's see if they end up shipping this or not. And I guess by the time this is out, I guess people will know. But looking at this right now, it was, it was, it was odd. Yeah. I mean, I do think this is an example of how, like some of the regressions, I think in the, mm-hmm. the UI of Mixer that uh, imagine because like, I think it, you wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that crazy to imagine what, keynote might look like um you know in a more big surified way <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh where you remove the words and you know um, big certified <laughs> <laughs> big certified sure um i just feel like it might be harder to use right like losing the words all these little symbols some of them remain recognizable but i think others start becoming unclear Mm-hmm. And this is where you're like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> your new design system is has some like UX issues with it, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but I could see how they might be able to reimagine this a little bit. Um, to me, th- to me, this is like um, kind of like the menu bar on the on the right corner. You know where you have all the icons. Mm-hmm. When I install Big Sur, is like get as much stuff off of that that top bar as much as mm-hmm. possible. Um, I kind of feel similarly here where there's maybe another combination that they could settle on that deals away with a lot of those icons. So, for example, t- 
table, chart, text, shape, media, comment might might be a, in this new design might be a better fit for like a insert button that's literally just a plus and then that has a drop down where all these elements have the icon and the label in the menu and but so even if you go that route which would probably make it easier to navigate like you know scan the toolbar but it would still be a regression because like you're you're just having adding an extra click for all these interactions. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, I'm not saying this is the best, <laughs> right. but it is a way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, personally, I'm, I'm trying to think, when is the last time that I click one of those icons? <laughs> I cannot remember when the last time. Oh, all the time. I click these Text icons. Shapes. I no? do, uh, maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm too used to using things like Sketch or Figma where I just like duplicate right. an existing text section, or, <laughs> okay. you know, use a keyboard shortcut or whatever. But um, there's, there's a couple of things that I'm, I, I, I'm not a fan of in Big Sur. And yeah, losing colors and like this, this outline style of icons in toolbar, I don't think it's better. Uh, it's, 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 in my opinion, a regression. It, it helps the overall like style of the OS, right? Like the mm-hmm. visual um because it could be if you just had you know like 3d shaped icons colorful icons in there it would be like jarring it would mm-hmm. break that 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 feel it wouldn't be as cohesive but i still feel like it is a regression and there's a couple like in a couple uh ui things that i don't think are very successful <laughs> like the which one of these toolbar icons is like a mode like a selection part <laughs> yeah of like a mode selection or it's just a button <laughs> In this case, the format animate document, it is like a segment control effectively. Uh, but I think the way the UI communicates that is very unsuccessful. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, <laughs> solo contrast. Um, Same thing with awful. the search bars. The search bars with like hilariously low contrast. Yeah. Um, and it's weird, yeah. especially for the segmented control, right? Because they have an actual segmented control design. They well, they have both. Like so. See, I'm looking at this. But not in a toolbar, right? Yeah, but okay. <laughs> Take a look at this, okay? This the the screenshot of the updated version. I can count mm. one uh segmented control design which is in the toolbar. Mm. Then a different one in the style, text and arrange mm-hmm. area. Then a different another different style in style and layout and another different style in the alignment. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> can you make your mind up already like why do do all of these have to be different layouts and to be fair in the existing version i think it's also like they're also all different um but it doesn't have to be like it doesn't really make sense like there's not really a reason or at least it doesn't seem like there is one for why these things should be different so yeah it's a little odd you should tweet that (laughs) maybe i will um (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I feel like we've like kind of covered this app. There there was one area that I want to talk about because uh I've been summoned <laughs> to talk, I've been requested to talk about this um, <laughs> okay. by by our friend Brian to talk about the control center in Big Sur. So but first okay. I want I want to ask you what you think about it. The new that new control center. I like that um it offers the ability to get quick access to a bunch of controls uh, without having to have a bunch of icons. And so 
I like that it offers that. The way it looks, <laughs> like I still cannot understand the fact that as soon as you dig into one of the areas, one of the controls, let's say display, there's no visual cue on how to go back. There's no back button. <laughs> yep. There's nothing. It's just the whole view morphs into this other thing. And I guess if you tap or if you click on the top part, you can go back. But oh, really? I didn't see. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. So you click I just on the, always like, click the out of it and then go back and renavigate. Yeah, uh, and also, like this, this, this UI, it comes with pre-built user expectations that then it doesn't meet. Because um, again, you're it's similar. Even the name is similar to Control Center on iOS, but then. It's arranged in this like mosaic, this grid thing, but then you can't rearrange them. Um, you can't really customize this, as far as I know. Uh, so there's like, what is a button in in what it's not? Um, it's like, do you tap on a circle? But some don't have circles. Some have a little arrow to dig into. Whatever. It's it's very inconsistent, and it's I think it it falls short of meeting those. It's sort of this minefield of a UI. <laughs> like, be careful where you click. <laughs> things, yeah. like, different things will happen and you don't know where certain controls are placed. And I totally agree with you that it's, like, the good part of it is, is like, oh, I feel right at home. This feels like iOS. And the worst part about it is when it doesn't work like iOS. Mm-hmm. And, but and, and but it's it's kind of in this weird spot, I think, where it's, it's almost like it's trying too much to be to work like the iOS one. Like the iOS one doesn't have the back, the way to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, you just tap away and like. So there are things where it, it takes. I, I feel like it's taking the wrong cues from iOS <laughs> and leaving like better ones. Like I don't know. It just seems like it's it's unpredictable. But in terms of idea of having this, I love having it, and I've retrain myself to use it and now i kind of know like oh you have to click on the little like hover here click this arrow and then do this thing like (laughs) this weird incantation to do things that you want to do um some weird decision whoever decided that dark mode needed to belong into i think it's in brightness I don't have it in front of me. I'm on the Catalina it's in display. partition or in display. Well, display which has the brightness, which has uh, the brightness slider. thing. Like it's just so weird. <laughs> like why don't you just put the toggle there? It's not like you don't have space, and it feels like a commonly used action. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of like little weird things, but I do overall like it because there's more functionality there. It helps me clean up that top bar. Like I was able to get rid of so many icons that I don't need to have there all the time. Um, like I got rid of, you know, the volume icon. I got rid of the Bluetooth stuff. I got even got rid of the Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> you can believe because I'm like I'm connected like 99% of the time, and that one percent where something's not connected, I'll find out <laughs> what's going on pretty quickly. Um, AirPlay is also gone. Like I just you can tuck in a lot of stuff in there um and it's just yeah i i prefer having that stuff all live within that that space and you can train yourself to to use it um i also enjoy how 
it's it seems like it's maybe the first time where they've sort of made these icons show a more elaborate UI than just kind of like the simple menu. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Like I think there's value in having something that's much more visual. Like when you have music playing, it even shows like a little card with the currently playing song and you can pause it from there. Like there's a lot of nice touches to it. But yeah, like I think they, I don't know, they kind of got confused maybe a little bit with the parody with iOS and it's both its strength and weakness at the same time. So yeah, uh, as you were talking, I was like playing around with it, (laughs) clicking around. I just think it helps me to uh, set the expectations from these controls is, uh, digging through any individual control is effectively getting the same pop-up like drop-down menu would get from clicking on the actual icon in the menu bar. So mm-hmm. if you were to click Wi-Fi, what you're going to get is what you would get by clicking on the Wi-Fi thing directly in the menu bar. So much so that it works even with some uh, uh, keyboard uh, modifiers. So like for example, the one I use all the freaking time is the volume one because I change inputs all the time. Um, but if you if you were to click option and then click on the volume thing, you not only get the output but also input uh, channels. And I just realized that it can do that in in control center as well. If you were to dig in sound, if you do that while holding the option key, you also get those other options. So that's good. But um, yeah, that, that just helps me set um, expectations, I guess. But but yeah, uh, still uh, just just like define what what a clickable element looks like and doesn't. What is a toggle? I feel like everything that's a circle is a toggle, uh, and then but the whole container is also clickable to dig in more options. That whole thing is can be a bit confusing. Uh, and also, if you drag like one element, one item from the control center around, you do get like. Not the preview, but like you, you do get like some. You're dragging it out, right? So you can see, you can drag it out, and if you release it, you get the, um, you know, that sound effect when you like remove something from the dock. The, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you get that sound, and you can visually drag something out, but you can't actually. Like you just get the sound. Like the item is still there. <laughs> huh. Does that make yeah, sense? That's, that's weird. Yeah, I think that makes yeah. sense. I think I get that. I will. Uh, anyway. uh, I will try that when I reboot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, but yeah. So I think it's a mixed bag, but generally more positive than than negative. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, some of the big sort of redesigns. Uh, even today, we already like some of the apps, um, were, like the updates for Big Sur were available already. Uh, apps in the App Store. So that's so I've been slowly trying some out hmm. which but, one? yeah i guess but it, hmm? which one uh well one is called claquette have you do you know about this maybe i'm oh, not pronouncing it right, i feel actually. i feel like you've recommended this app before i think so too I claquette? To... claquette i don't know <laughs> i don't know how you pronounce this uh yeah uh, it's it's like a quick gif um creation gif creating tool like you record something you export as a gif um that's been redesigned a little bit it's I know. I, I've been having fun just looking at app icons. I did a nice. good job with that one. Yeah, that app icon looks amazing. Anywho, cool, 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 cool. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about? 
Pixar. Oh, actually, yeah. Uh, oh, fuck, Triggered Theory. Sorry. <laughs> so during that same event, uh, or from the marketing promotional image, I don't know. At one point, there's like a MacBook Air pro- promotional shot, and if you take, if you pay close attention, the the mock-up, uh, like the screenshot in that MacBook Air, in the dock, you can see icons that <laughs> I'm assuming are hmm. like work in progress icons that eventually didn't never shipped. But it's been interesting to see, uh, like especially the iWork apps. Um, icons are very, very different from the oh, ones what? that I'm assuming will ship. Huh. Those look really good, actually. Those are really good. I don't yeah, know about... Yeah, I kind of think that. I don't know about the uh, Keynote one, but yeah. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit too angled, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I love the idea. The The real ones are kind of boring. Are kind of boring, yeah. I agree. Anyway, Very cool. show notes, you can see those. <laughs> so interesting that those uh, accidentally shipped. <laughs> or not shipped, but were in these press. Yeah, slipped into them, man. I, yeah. <laughs> I also can see that happening, right? Like, oh, shit, uh, sorry, uh, I need the screenshot for the MacBook Air thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, well, wait, I need a screenshot of the OS. Hey, Big Sur team, can we have a... Well, we have some, but it's not final. It's uh, fine. It's just for it's just for the internal pitch deck. <laughs> and then it shipped. Yeah. Cool. All right. Should we do recommendations and call it a night? Sure. Let's do it. Uh, do you want to start? <laughs> yes. Uh, I do want to start. So, because it's, uh, you know, I'm very much into the, like, Mac's um, story and whatever, thinking about the Mac. Uh, I want to recommend this series of uh articles videos on youtube and most importantly uh podcasts um it's the 20 max for 2020 series by jason snell uh he's been doing this um i think from the beginning of the year actually (laughs) but i I only um i only started listening now and it's uh every week uh jason snell goes over and highlights um he highlights like a notable mac from history uh, not necessarily the best, not necessarily the most important, but just notable. <laughs> and so I, I recommend, I guess, if I had to pick one, I would say the the podcast series um, in where it features some of the people in the Apple ecosystem that you probably know about, like jo- John Gruber and John Syracuse and all of the Johns, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people just talking about their favorite Macs um, and Pretty much all of these Macs predate me, uh, but they're so like I don't know. I've was I've always been into Apple history, and I've I've I was aware of all of these Macs really. But it's so fun to hear some like stories, some anecdotes, uh, even like some insight and in, like how these Macs came to be, um, and which has been really really fun to listen to. Uh, like the like the the famous Power Mac G4 Cube mac i've i was always like enamorated and just like blown away by that mac even though again it predate me um like that the cube was amazing and so you can hear for example you know john circuza and gruber and jason snell talk about why it didn't work out like such a big splashy mac um it was only uh in the market for like a year so hmm. it was like effectively like a, a failure from the steve jobs era um which you 
you know, those were rare. <laughs> so it's been interesting. Uh, links in the show notes. If you're into Mac history, um, this is this is fun listen. Nice. Very cool. So my recommendation this week, I've watched one episode, but I'll go ahead and recommend it, <laughs> is uh, uh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. I started watching that. Uh, again, I'm one episode in, but it's pretty good. I I have no idea where this is going to go or like <laughs> it's kind of mysterious. But uh yeah, I've been enjoying it. Cool. I I can I can plus one that. Uh we did watch the whole thing. <laughs> nice. Uh So, yeah, the first episode is a good recommendation. The rest of the series is also safe to recommend. <laughs> okay, good. Nice. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Do you want to describe what it is for our listeners? Like, I'm not even sure that I can describe Oof. where this is going to go because I feel like I watched the trailer and then I started the first episode and I'm like, oh, this is not really what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um... Or do we want to leave it up in the air and say, just trust us, go watch it and <laughs> don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Go blind. No, I mean, we can, we can try to explain a little bit what kind, what kind of show it is. It's... But I'm having, for some reason, I'm having trouble uh, trying to like describe what kind of show is because I, I can easily describe the plot, but I don't think that's what makes the show interesting. Um, it's there's sort of this general vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like this clever. I I love the, the shows and movies in where the main protagonist is like clever, like super clever. Mm. Uh, in way that like it's so entertaining to see this person being smart, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and being like talented and good. Um, like I don't know, Sherlock, like the show, it's really good to see Sherlock being like outsmart everyone and being so good. Um, but then when you have that kind of show, it's it's tricky to have a balance in where your main protagonist is really good and like maybe even like way better and more talented than everyone else but at the same time you ha- it has to have some kind of stakes right right if the character is gonna right. the hero is gonna win every single battle if the you know is gonna solve all mysteries then there's no stakes then there's no like you know there's no conflict there's no drama so it's a tricky balance and i think usually with these kind of uh, characters uh, their downfall is either they're overconfident or they have other issues that kind of prevent them from succeeding like i don't know like sherlock then had issues with like drug use or whatever right and then there was something that was like a conflict that they had to go over whatever this show is i feel like it has some of that vibe in where the main protagonist played by anya taylor joy or i I think that's her name i forget um plays this character and who's uh, an orphan and she's like a chess prodigy and she's really good at chess and it's it's really much about chess, <laughs> like professional chess, and of course, like the struggles and the whatever. There's some character development around it, but it's it's it's. I was surprised at how much it leaned in the chess part. Like we spend a lot of time looking at like two people play chess, <laughs> <laughs> which is a pretty boring sport, you know, thing to to watch, especially like if you're not super into it, right? Let's say like snowboarding, even if you know nothing about snowboarding, know nothing about techniques, seeing someone going like super fast down a mountain, it's kind of exciting to watch. Chess is the opposite of that, right? Um, and I think like I know how to play chess. I actually enjoyed playing chess a lot, but I 
like know nothing about professional chess. Like right. for example, I know that they use clocks. I never really knew what the rules around the clock was, like how it worked. And so here they, uh, it was, it was I think surprising to see how effective at creating um, tension in two people playing chess, even when you don't know the rules or don't know why this particular moment is there's tension, you know. And they do that, I think, really, really well in this show. I don't yeah. know. I probably so, didn't do a good job. Again, I just started watching it. and <laughs> it's good. But there's just, to me, again, and it's the same thing I think that you were saying, is that it sounds really boring. Like, even just watching the trailer, you're just kind of like, what is this going to be about? Like, I'm not sure. It, like even if you tell tell me like oh it's this like competition you know for playing chess you're just kind of like okay like wh- where's the drama here um <laughs> but then you start watching it and it really kind of like grabs your attention and makes you want to continue there's something really interesting in that show so yeah go check it out and uh, maybe i'll yeah. update my review as i keep watching more episodes <laughs> cool all right uh, I guess this is it. Let's call it a show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LayoutFM. I'm at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick. And uh, yeah, if you have any recommendations for us, you know, it's not fair. There's only us giving recommendations to y'all. Uh, <laughs> we also want some recommendations. So tweet at us. Let us know. Uh, if you have any topics you would like us to cover, let us know. If you want to be extra, extra cool, leave us a review. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bye. Did you did you see the second episode of Mandalorian season two? I did, yeah. How awesome was that episode? It was cool. I really it. Was loved scary, it. like for the Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, How if you're you... afraid of, very afraid of spiders, I would not recommend this episode. <laughs> How do you feel about Baby Yoda eating eggs? <laughs> Poor lady's eggs. <laughs> oh my god. This is, it's sort of, I mean, it was established very early on that Baby Yoda is is carnivore. (laughs) Like he was eating frogs too, right? Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I think, I feel like it's very in character. It's kind of cute in a way. Like it reminded (laughs) me of a a cat who catches like either a fish or a mouse. (laughs) Or who eats my plants. Or eats your plants, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's just something, I mean, how can you not love Baby Yoda despite right. How can you be mad at a baby how for can you doing be mad baby, at baby Yoda? Come on. <laughs> so I know, but I but felt so bad. Poor, yeah, this woman's eggs that she's like, her, I'm guessing husband, like, sacrificed his life to protect these yeah. eggs and the baby's just eating them nonstop. <laughs> it's just, but... It, There's a theory, um on reddit at least that that like baby yoda isn't actually eating the eggs is doing something else ah uh, i didn't like i just saw the post on reddit the i eggs. didn't click through it <laughs>
<laughs> Say that again? He's like protecting the eggs. Yeah, <laughs> force incubating the eggs. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's how Jedi are born. <laughs> and he's just going to po- poop fish out. <laughs> force sensitive fish. <laughs> <laughs> Show that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just love that episode. I felt like it had everything I love about Star Wars in it pretty much mm-hmm. there were stakes but it was just kind of this story you don't worry about too much about a lot of like logistics or you know mm-hmm. like why is this person here or what it was seemed very kind of focused but very effective it was funny in moments it was cute in moments it was scary in moments it just yeah i good. really enjoyed that um there is Question one thing though. that I'm I feel like I'm getting worried about with Mandalorian is that it, it might get too episodic in nature mm-hmm. that like every episode we kind of restart the story basically. Oh, but that was the case in season 1. That was the case in season 1. Yeah, and I think they've worked through that fine. I just don't know how long you can do that. So it feels like the the template, the formula for Mandalorian, ugh, Mandalorian, is, yeah, each episode is, like, self-contained, kind of. But in each, you kind of either meet a character or, like, there's some kind of plot that goes moves forward in where then at the end of the season, like the last two, it's, like, characters from all these other things, you know, we all mm-hmm. get together for, like, some kind of climax in time. And those two last episodes usually that does all the heavy lifting of moving the plot forward in the season. Uh, and I feel like that's probably what we're going to get here. Like, so episode one, that guy with the Boba Fett armor, forgot his name, uh, pretty sure he's going to come back, like probably at the end of the season. Hmm. Um, this uh, lady frog, it's probably going to be important, <laughs> or even just the eggs or something. Is, or, or, you know, I don't know, something about this planet they're going to and where supposedly there's some Mandalorians there or whatever. Um, it's probably going to be important to the overall uh series arc uh but yeah we we know that there's a lot in in you know planned for this season you know about uh what's her name asuka asuka ashka uh what's her name you know the jedi lady (laughs) jedi lady oh man am i spawning stuff maybe (laughs) i don't know but i don't even know who this is so who cares some special character i also saw wasn't there the actor who plays and it was like kind of unclear is it is it jango fett is it uh what's the other one is it Boba yeah fett? He, he plays well technically yes he played jango fett and all of the clones <laughs> he's right the original, yeah he's the so clone. <laughs> yeah, who also yeah he had a kid who would become uh boba fett so even though we never saw Boba Fett's face mm-hmm. in the original trilogy, we know that that's, yeah, that's like Django Fett's uh, clone. So, yeah, I, I totally missed it when I saw the episode. Only oh, when really? I was listening to, yeah, the uh, Dan Moran's podcast, nice. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess I recognize him now. But yeah, because you could see, like, the episode was like, like they might as well just play that dun dun dun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, 
I guess. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, a I did, for one, I didn't recognize this actor yeah, at same. all. I had to look it up. Same. So, okay, so, shit, so you don't know about Asuka. Do you want me to tell you or no? Is that the woman with the two, like, long, floppy yes. <laughs> horns? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another yeah, good sure. show title. <laughs> the woman with the long fluffy horns. I wouldn't call it a horn. Uh but yes. That's that's a pretty so what do you know about this 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 character? Nothing, except I feel like I saw her in some sort of animated cartoon yes. or something. That's it. So do you want me to tell you or no? I think Sure. Okay. So it's pretty much at this point confirmed, although I am not sure if the source of this was by any kind of official official announcement or leaks, but it's like today it's pretty well known and confirmed that uh, this character called Asuka, I'm probably mispronouncing this, uh, I don't know, um, who played a major role in the Clone Wars show, um, that she's going to be in in season two of Mandalorian, Mandalorian, and she uh, she's going to be played by actress uh, uh, Dario Donson, Rosario Donson. Okay, you know her from Daredevil and Jessica Jones and whatnot. Oh, I don't watch those shows. <laughs> no, yeah, you know you're talking she's... about all sorts of shows that I don't watch. <laughs> but Rosario Donson, you you if you Google her, you you probably don't recognize hmm. her. Anyway, but and she's yeah, like she's a. I think I recognize. That's going to make her like biggest. Like the most famous actor, really, in the show so far. Anyway, uh, so why is this important? Because uh, Asuka, so she, this character, she was the uh, the Padawan of Anakin. She was like Anakin Skywalker's apprentice uh, during uh. the Clone Wars. And she plays a major role in the Clone Wars show. Um, and she's like, like a super powerful, really good Jedi uh, who then went into hiding during the Order sixty six uh, thing? Um, so, so you know, this is it's a major character. Uh, it's going to tie her directly to Anakin in the Skywalker, you know, people <laughs> in storylines, uh, and it's going to be the first Jedi really to be in Mandalorian. So that's nice. That's awesome. It's going to be interesting. I'm yeah. really excited about that. And yeah, I just I just want Mandalorian to crank up the storyline like across the episodes a little bit more. Yeah, because I feel like otherwise nothing matters. <laughs> like it's just we just press the reset button every time, and it's like a cool exploration in set piece, and it's like a few short films, I guess. But I don't feel that emotionally invested into any of the characters really because of it because nothing changes right like we know baby yoda is not gonna get killed like for sure and we we know mandalorian can't get killed either because where's the story if there's no mandalorian like they're just Mm -hmm. you know it seems like everyone's kind of like a a sideshow do you think probably not in season two but like do you think we're gonna see like is baby yoda gonna be teen yoda you know, like like baby Groot and then teen Groot, yeah, or whatever. I think at some point, yeah, but I'm not sure that it's season two or it's season three, right? Okay. But I, because like, I, I have a baby hard time seeing how they can years pass this old, up. Like it will take a long time for him to age. It will take a long time. Like this baby Yoda is going to outlive 
Mandalorian, like, you know, Mando for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to call this, you know what? When, mm-hmm. like, Mandalorian the show will end at some point, and then you will get a new show again at some point. Not saying that's right after. We'll get a new show with older Baby Yoda. Okay. Uh, I, I do think that Disney sort of painted itself in, in a corner with Baby Yoda. Because they, they wanted to keep the keep him a surprise. And they didn't have a name for him and just called him no. the child for the longest time. I don't even time. know it's a him, by the way. Well, we don't even know if it's a him, yeah. Um, and so we don't know who this, you know, we don't have a name for this creature. And so the internet just named named them Baby Yoda. <laughs> and it's just become a thing. Like, everyone talks about Baby Yoda. And so it actually becomes difficult now to give that creature a name because you're losing all of the sort of, like, brand equity you've built up in Baby Yoda. So They didn't anticipate the success, how popular Baby Yoda was going to be. So much for the fact that like, there was no not? merchandising available like during the yeah. holiday season last year. <laughs> well, but part so, of it might be like it's a cost to keep the secret, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, really? Disney? Like they couldn't uh, organize to make merchandising <laughs> toys, sell toys. But yeah, how could you not? Like it's, it's so much more worrisome that they couldn't foresee that Baby Yoda would be a hit. <laughs> how could you not? Like, how could you... I saw, like, one... Like, the first frame where you see Baby Yoda on it, and it's like, you know, changed the course of this entire show for me. <laughs> it's, honestly, I'm not sure... I don't, I don't know if I would be as motivated to watch the show if there wasn't Baby Yoda. Like, it's just... There's something that just you gravitate towards. And it, I think... Baby Yoda does a lot of the emotional lifting of the show because Mandalorian is so doesn't have much it's of a what, personality. Yeah, it's what humanizes Mando a little bit, right? Like yeah, a lot. I think before Mando met Baby Yoda, like he was there to kill it, you know, and yeah. like the fact that I guess it's cuteness, <laughs> or it's all just like Baby Yoda using the Force to manipulate Mando, hmm. <laughs> 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 like Master of Puppets. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'll anyway. be looking for character development, right? Because we we still if felt like in the first season we still got that character development from Mendo being more of this sort of like assassin type to discovering Baby Yoda that happened very quickly. I'll grant you, but um, and he hated the robots and learned to you know appreciate or be okay with right. robots and like there's still been some sort of evolution, so. I'm curious to see how that's going to play out in this season. Same. And and same for Baby Yoda's not really character development, but more of like uh, the de- ability development. Like we, mm-hmm. we've been slowly throughout season one learning just how much more this Baby Yoda can do, right? Just lift a rhinoceros or whatever and then just like force choke people. And actually this Baby Yoda is super powerful. Um, so now what? Like, you know, for season two, what, what else are we going to learn about Baby yeah. Yoda? Because if Baby Yoda just keeps being a baby and eating eggs, I guess, like that's, I think we're going to need a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we might lose some interest in Baby Yoda. I can't believe I just said that. No, never. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> They're anyway. so much cuter when they're small. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's call it. I need to go to sleep. So all right. Stop in the record.